0: Half a beer Hicks. <laughs> That's the nickname that I got. I think my father also had that same nickname because no matter how, air quotes, good a beer is, I can only drink the first few sips of it, maybe the first inch in a can or a bottle, even a glass, before I just realize I just don't like beer. <laughs> but today, nah. Yeah, same thing. I'm not going to finish this foul swill of a beer that I opened to share with you. It will ruin my day, and it would probably even ruin the taste of this wonderful Rocky Patel Double Maduro Churchill-sized cigar. Today's podcast is called Just Don't. (laughs) Just Don't. So one of my favorite things to do is to buy and wear slightly off-brand or edgy t-shirts. One of my favorite shirts to wear, along with the one that says in great big bold block letters on the front of it, I'm offended. is the shirt that simply has the word in great big four and a half inch tall letters on a black t-shirt. Don't. That's all it says. Don't. It's one of my favorite ones to wear. I don't ever call attention to it. I just wear it and see how people react. I've got another fun shirt that has the National Geographic Society logo on the front of it and the same font, same colors and everything as their logo, except it says the National Sarcasm Society. And then subtext under it says in smaller print, like we need your support. (laughs) I don't know why it has to have that kind of accent, but that's how I read it in my head. I think it's really kind of fun. So today we're going to talk about. Just don't. But before we do, let's see what we've got here. I've got this really good Rocky Patel Double Maduro Churchill sized cigar. So it's about a 50 ring and about seven inches long, I think. Imagine Winston Churchill smoking a cigar. This is what it looks like, except it's Maduro. Most of his were what are called Connecticut cigars, as near as I can tell from the pictures that I have seen. But this one is uh, double Maduro from Rocky Patel. It's all Nicaraguan and uh, in Nicaraguan inside and outside, and all the binders and fillers and the wrapper. It's all Nicaraguan. That's become over the years my favorite origin of cigars. Brazil cigars, Brazilian tobacco follow up pretty closely. So let's toast a foot on this. Let's get this puppy lit. I got a box of these um, oh, maybe three months ago, something like that. I have been delighted with them ever since. These are unbranded. They don't have a band on them. You never know if, uh, if you're getting one that's unbanded. Uh, is this going to be a super high-end cigar, which is often the case. Often very high-end cigars are. Well, I guess I'm out of fuel on this one. I'll be right back. Okay, there we go. So let's use matches instead, okay? I've got some nice wooden matches from the Northern Quest, what's it called? I think it's called the Legends of Fire Cigar Bar over in Eastern Washington. So I ran out of fuel in that torch lighter that I've got. We'll finish lighting this with a nice long wooden cigar match. Oh, perfect. This cigar is very enjoyable. It's about a two-hour cigar, the way I smoke them, very slowly and enjoying them and always doing something else, reading or talking with friends or or sharing a podcast or whatever the case is. I'll set these matches over there, probably going to stay lit. Who knows? Maybe I I yammer so long on these podcasts that uh, (laughs) sometimes it goes out. And what do we have to enjoy to drink today? I'm going to open this right here. Notice, open, listen to this. Here we go. I need to apologize in advance. This is actually a can of hams beer. You got to be kidding me. Hams beer? This is the land of sky blue waters. Land of cool enchantment. Listen. <laughs> this is great. I love this. As that take me back. Oh, ah, the theme song is certainly better than the beer. Wow. Yep. Ham's Beer. <sighs> I apologize in advance, and I also appreciate the advice of two friends, Julie O. and Tom W., who said, you know, you ought to do Ham's Beer, a swisher sweets cigar. I think they were probably making a comment about my roots. <laughs> my last name is Hicks by the way, so grew up with a lot of barnyard animals and a lot of hay and a lot of diesel exhaust, so you'd think I would enjoy hams beer. Let's give it a sip. That is disgusting. But maybe it's like, maybe it's like some bourbons. some bourbons are, you know, you take the first sip of bourbon and it just like smacks you super, super hard. But I'll try this. I'll kind of, I'll cleanse my palate. Let's do that. Let's, let's pretend I'm actually doing a taste test. I'll I'll cleanse my palate. I'll enjoy a cigar. Okay. Palate cleansed. Let's take another sip of this thing. Oh, nope. Nope. That is not good. You know, Ham's beer claims to be brewed from pure crystal blue water with the choicest of barleys and hops and, and no, I don't I don't think so. It tastes kind of sweet, it has a sweet aftertaste, it's got corn syrup in it. <laughs> One review that I just pulled up to see, is it just me or do other people actually think this? One review is trying to get you to compare PBR. <laughs> paps blue ribbon and hams and see if you could tell the difference why would anyone do that (laughs) i guess if you're cooking hot dogs over a burning tire it might taste better or something here's the review hams is claimed to be brewed from the purest water and the choicest barley malt grain and hops The review goes on to say, well, we know there is no chance at all that it is made with pure barley hops. In fact, it's probably made with barley treated in in sewer water and grown in the fertile fields of Chernobyl. (laughs) That's probably actually true. This is foul swill. I spent $2.12 $2.12 on a can of Ham's beer. It's a big can, too. I think that's all they have. The can is likely worth more than the beer inside it. And, of course, I had to find it at a gas station because they don't sell it in any self-respecting store. We checked Fred Meyer, checked Safeway. Nope. You have to go to a backwater gas station. A get gas and get gas kind of gas station, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, to be fair. All right. Been a minute. Let's take another sip. hmm nope. (laughs) Maybe I need that t-shirt, a t-shirt that just says nope on it, and then I'll wear that in honor of this beer that I'm going to pour out. I'm nervous about actually pouring it out because it might stain the sink and ruin the plumbing. But to be fair, those of you who do like Pabst Blue Ribbon and uh, Ham's beer and what we call lawn mowing beers, if you do like it, maybe I should give it a more fair review here. I, I can taste the barley a little bit, I think, I can definitely taste the hops, I can definitely taste the corn syrup, and it has a little bit of undertone of a rusted nail, and a little bit of sadness, and a whole bunch of depression and despair. That's what it is. It feels like if you were to drink an entire can of this, it would so change your emotional makeup that you would simply give up on everything in life. So, here's to you. Hams. I promise next time we get together in this podcast, I will go back to the tried and true scotch or bourbon. I'll stay in those two lanes and as far away from this as possible. You know what? I think I can even—it's—I I put this down over here in the sound booth, about 24 inches away from me. I should move it further because I can actually smell it. Ugh! Maybe I got some on my upper lip and my mustache or something. Ugh! So if anyone offers you a hams beer, just say the theme of this podcast back to them. Don't. <laughs> So that's what we're going to talk about today. If I can concentrate, don't. So it's possible, like you, I spend a lot of time talking with people about the challenges that they've got. Challenges within our own companies, challenges within those organizations and enterprises that we support. And I have a a great time. It is a great privilege to be able to talk with people like you and friends of yours with challenges that you've got in your own professions and enterprises and ideas that you're trying to bring about. And those challenges are endless. They just keep coming and I've also noticed that over the years we are often my friends and I you included are often in search of a of a new tool of a new way of doing things that will somehow make our work easier. In fact, I say that a lot on our YouTube channel, on the Hilt Academy YouTube channel, and I also say it on the paid side, which is hiltacademy.thinkific.com. That's where you can buy some of the courses that we have, or you can go to the YouTube channel, the Hilt, H-I-L-T, Hilt Academy. That stands for, as you know by now, High Impact Leadership Training. And I say often in that, that leadership is hard, whether you are a leader, a manager, a super an influencer of people or an amalgam of all of those. Leadership is hard, but sometimes we make it harder than it needs to be. One of the ways we do that is looking for the next tool, the next method, the next trick, the next turn of the combination lock on the safe of effectiveness, where all the tumblers will just fall into place magically and easily for us, and then the door of success will swing wide open for us. Ah, oh, we spend a tremendous amount of time trying to find methods and tools. That will make our work easier for us. When much of the time, really, instead of adding something to our leadership toolbox and adding another approach or another tool, we need to take something away. We need to stop doing some things, stop using some things. We need to just don't. <laughs> And if I can get up close and personal with you, and I want to do so with kindness and as much gentleness as I possibly can, if you were seated right here with me in this sound booth enjoying a cigar and giggling over the foul swill that is Ham's beer, if you were right here, I would say this to you, perhaps, just don't be lazy and don't be selfish. We don't often talk to each other like that, but sometimes we need to. Sometimes we need to say to one another, you know, I think you're just being lazy here. Or, you know, I think you're just being selfish here. You're making your work harder than it needs to be. You're overthinking it. You're looking for an easier way to do things like it's some magic formula. Waiting for the right timing. You're waiting for people to be open and willing and just ask you for help and ask you for leadership and guidance and and then to say, thank you, my Lord, and trundle off and do their thing. You're waiting for the right timing and for the stars to align and the weather to be right and everything to be perfect and then you'll step out and do the hard work of leadership. Ah... That's not how it works. We wait and wait and wait, and really all we're doing is being lazy. Or if you're not lazy, maybe you spend time and energy on things, but you're doing it so that you feel better. Maybe you, like I can be pretty easily, are just being selfish. So here's our challenge as leaders. We see some part of the future that's compelling to us and so compelling to us that we want to get there and we change our behavior to get from here to there and then we talk to other people about it and they want to get there too and, and then we start off to go to that vision, that idea, that plan that everyone wants and then we encounter some sort of resistance along the way and it gets hard and it gets difficult and the hill is steeper than we thought, things take longer than we thought and then we just get tired and then we get lazy. And then we get selfish. When we are lazy or when we are selfish, we actually become an excuse for others around us to not give it their best. We become an excuse for others around us to be lazy and selfish as well. And you know as well as I do that you and I as leaders never want to be an excuse for someone else's poor performance because as soon as we ask someone to do something, to do it well, to do it better, to push a little bit harder, to struggle a little bit more, to learn something new, and if they know it's going to be difficult for them or guess that it's going to be and they experience some sort of resistance between the stasis that is their life and the new change that needs to happen, the first thing they will do is look at us. They may not consciously look to us, but they do look to us. And if we have not gotten there first, then we become the excuse for them to not get there at all. The common ways we do that are by becoming lazy and becoming selfish. I don't need to fill in a lot of blanks for you because you know what it looks like when you're lazy and you know what it looks like when you're selfish. What's happened most likely is you and I, when we're lazy and selfish, have started to believe the subtle whisper in the back of our head You've paid your dues. You've worked hard enough, long enough. It's time to coast. You deserve this. Which is exactly the opposite of the actual values that drive you and I as leaders, which is we are here to serve. As soon as you start listening to that whisper, you deserve, <laughs> you've earned your way, sit back, coast. Then we fall prey to being lazy and being selfish and we become an excuse for those we're trying to lead to not perform very well. We don't need a new system or a new method or some advanced practice or some deep in-depth coaching. We don't need more development we just need to stop being lazy, stop being selfish. And you know how to do that. Of course you've done that for so many years. You know how to do that. We borrow the tagline from Nike. You just, you just do it. Whether it's time to do something that's difficult or hard that requires unselfishness, which is 99.9% of what you and I do, we know we know to just do it now. Just start. We know that we need to step in and just do it imperfectly, but keep going. We know we need to do it humbly, but just do it. Start. Do it imperfectly. Do it humbly, but just do it. Do it now. Do it now. The longer you and I sit and wait and ponder whether or not we're going to have that conversation or make that decision or make that investment or pull back on that investment or change this or or address that problem or challenge or create something new, the longer we think about it, the longer we ponder it, the more the quicksand of selfishness and laziness will pull us into the pit of inaction. <laughs> How's that? (laughs) That was kind of fancy sounding, wasn't it? So you know what I'm talking about, don't you? We don't really talk to one another like this very often, I'm sure. But man, we need to hear it every once in a while. Let's be honest. Let's look in the mirror. Are we being lazy? Is that why we're not doing it? Are we being selfish? Is that why we're not doing it? You know what you need to do. You know you need to write that email or take the garbage out or make that call or, or make that decision or follow up on that decision or pay that or invest in this or change the investment. You know you need to read that chapter or read that email or read that report. You know you need to delegate. You know you need to say thank you. You know you need to say to somebody, ooh, you've missed the mark. The expectations are clear. You're still missing the mark. You know what you need to do. You're just not doing it because being lazy. <laughs> right? If you're waiting to feel unselfish, it's not going to happen. If you're waiting to have this zippy energy to just propel you up out of your lazy boy and into action, that's not going to happen. Unselfishness follows the action. It doesn't precede it. Energy, motivation follows movement. It rarely precedes it. And if it does, it might precede it in a selfish way. So, you know, you and I are leaders. We choose to be leaders and we want to be a leader, even though it feels often like leadership and the role we're in chose us. As leaders, we know that leaders get there first. So that means we have to do the work, do it unselfishly, and many people will follow. So just don't (laughs) be selfish. There's nothing more sophisticated to the message than that. There's nothing more sophisticated to the ideas behind it. Don't be selfish and don't be lazy. Just don't. <laughs> There's no new tool involved. There's no new skill. Just just, just don't. <laughs> Which is about what I would like to say about this hams beer. Do I dare? Do I dare take one more? Okay. All right. Let's try one more. No, can't do it. I, even the smell of it is disgusting. Ugh, ugh. Sorry. When it comes to hams beer or being lazy or being selfish... I think those three probably go together as a trifecta. Just don't. <laughs> oh, well, I got some stuff to do that I've been putting off, and just thinking about this makes me think, was I lazy and selfish? Is that why I put it off? Oh, I hope not. I hope it was because I didn't I didn't actually schedule it. Maybe it wasn't in my calendar. Maybe it wasn't in my heart. Okay, maybe that's it. Anyway, enough of this. I'm going to finish this cigar and answer a bunch of emails. I'll answer them carefully. I'm going to delegate a couple of things, and then I'm going to put my feet up and enjoy the beautiful afternoon that is ahead of me. Hey, thanks for letting me talk so bluntly with you. And if you're wondering, has he been following me around? Does he know? Is is this what I've been thinking about? Oh, wow, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, have a great day. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. Well, you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day.